Welcome to I Won't Listen with Eddie and Megan, starring Megan and Eddie. Now here's Eddie and Megan. And we are here with episode 80 of I Won't Listen with Eddie and Megan. Megan, how are you? Doing well. How was your spring break? It was great. It's a good spring break. It was nice to sleep in. Yeah, we did like uh, some some real work. Yeah. We did some real stuff. And Went then, up north. Uh, for half of it. Mm-hmm. And then the other half came, came back, back here and just chilled. Yeah, me, I got to surf. Oh, yeah. We all got to sleep in. Right? We got to like uh, give our undivided attention to a puppy. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, it was, I don't know. Is it getting better? I think so. He's Maybe. Become, he's going to be a puppy for Debatable. a while. Debatable. <laughs> um, you know. We see progress, but the people that don't know how challenging he was in the beginning yeah, everybody, might not appreciate it. When they're like, oh, he seems so sweet and so wonderful. He is. Oh. Then he gets the zoomies. Does he night. always bite the air? Yeah. Sometimes, he's, yeah. He bites the, yeah, that's his thing. He does that. <laughs> a little licking thing of the, uh, the air. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he sees the ghost of a salt lick. Right. But he's staring at me now. Um, he knows we're talking about him. Um, you're wearing a mask on a plane. You're not wearing a mask on a plane. Neither is right or wrong. Just yeah, it, let those people exist. It is funny, the people that are like, victory, we we got them to rep- send this. And you're like, it's like on Monday going, I need it to be Friday. I want Friday. Yeah. Tuesday, you're like louder. Wednesday, you host a riot or uh-huh. ah, Thursday. Yeah. And then finally, it's Friday. And you're like, we won. It's like, it's going to happen. It's never going to be gonna for the rest of our right. lives. Uh, so whatever. Um, but this is going to be a fun episode because we're going to have an interview with uh, a comic that you and me both like think he's so funny. He's awesome. And he's done a lot of stuff. It's yeah. like crazy amount of work. He's And he just kind of creates all this stuff on his own. I always felt like David did his own, uh, makes his own opportunities. Yeah. So, he's a big content creator. Yeah. Uh, never ever says no to trying something new. He's always like, right. sure, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, David Huntsberger is his name. Yep. And uh, he's... Got I think we were like friends with him, A, because we thought he was hilarious. Yeah. But B, like he's genuinely just a good dude. Yeah. He's a solid, a solid human. Yeah. Always laughing, is, smiling, always has nice things to say. Which like, is big with you. You always want, uh, people got to be, you, you, you want some character. Yeah. In your friendship. I like people, people who kind of appreciate what they do and yeah. appreciate things around them and aren't always mad. And then. And he's just good dude. Not only appreciate it, but actually like. He does it, right? Like people that can do it at like this really, really good level. Yeah. This is being silly talking about, you know, what people do, but we'll just get to the interview. Yeah. All right. Enjoy the interview, guys. This is David Huntsberger. What if I told you there was a human that they get stage time at night, chose to answer the phones at a comedy club during the day? That to become the next C.S. Lewis, even though none of his comedy peers had ever cracked a book, wrote, illustrated, and published his own graphic novella. In his quest to sand wood amongst the greats, such as Alexander Grabovitsky and Frank E. Cummings III, had the glorious idea to dedicate a room in his Los Angeles abode for woodworking and thus now has no place to store his clothes, shoes, and jars of canned preserves. A real renaissance man, not unlike Danny DeVito from the uproarious box office smash Renaissance Man, I think I never actually saw it. This man exists, not only in our dreams, but in actual physical form, and he walks amongst us. And today he is here on I Won't Listen with Eddie and Megan, 
please welcome to the podcast a man too driven to be a comic, but also too hilarious not to, David Hansberger. It's yeah. good to see your face, David. I haven't yeah, seen you, you in guys forever. too. I'm a little um, haggard on account of lack of sleep, so I was trying to like freshen myself up, and Natty was making fun of me because I wiped chocolate off my face. <laughs> I didn't make fun of it. I didn't know it was chocolate. I didn't know what you were doing. Look, like you were snacking. I mean, uh, I yeah. guess you were. I, and you're in a, you're coming to us live from a cobbler's workshop. It's an elf's workshop. What are you talking about, cobbler's workshop? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think elves can probably uh, work on shoes also. Yeah, this is like a Willy Wonka thing. If I went backwards, I, I would look 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. It's deceptive. <laughs> it's just a little it's a really tiny, cool. it's this big. It's like a workshop so in there. No, for yeah. real. Yeah. I, I had a lot of time on my hands during the lockdown. So I, I found yeah. all this wood and reshaped it into things and... Mm -hmm. That whole bench behind you guys, no nails or glue. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's deceptively challenged or um, intricate. Well, oh, you mean you just stack things on top of each other and hope they don't push <laughs> over? Or? Yeah, it's like a Saxon vibe. We're like Amish, like Megan yeah. said. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's all mortise and tenon. A lot of tension dovetails. Did you, all you the natural that? joinery. You built so what? that. You built yeah, that? yeah. That's amazing. Thanks. Nice work. I like and that. There's a fire extinguisher there too. Just. I was going to say, when I'm getting super impressed, I'm like, oh, it's also, maybe they had a fire at one point. <laughs> we did not. That was a gift and I didn't know where to put it. And I was like, I mean, it's a good thing to have around. No, yeah. it is. Sure. Do the Amish have, are they allowed to have fire extinguishers in there? <laughs> yeah. They're like, get the bucket. Like, I have a, it's a bucket right here. Yeah. It's buckets only. This will ruin our house. <laughs> a bucket get hanging the bucket. on the wall. <laughs> How do you guys want me to... to record? Should I use the mic and like, do you want me to send you a file at the end of my end? You want me no, to just... you're fine. I'm, I'm recording through Zoom. All right. I'll, I'll join uh, through headphones like you guys. Oh, yep. I'll, yep. I'll throw now, it up a little. I only yeah. find when I have my headphones on, like I can hear you guys, but I can't hear myself. So Same. I uh -huh. end up screaming and then mine's really loud. So I'm going to, I'm trying to be like more like, hey. I'm just you sound way more that. like, hey. Oh, good, good. That's what <laughs> yeah, I'm going yeah. for. This yeah. is good. Yeah, it hey. is good. <laughs> um, so Dave, I guess, I mean, we've already started it, but uh, who are you and how do you know us? I'm your arch nemesis, as you know, and I <laughs> came across you from this podcast, started sending you fan mail. It got a little sideways. And I said, if you don't return my... Uh, uh, enthusiasm if you don't mm -hmm. express the same level of appreciation that i'm putting into all these hearts and glitter things that i'm making yeah. carefully folding and sending in the mail i'm gonna uh come on your podcast and bother you yeah here we are yeah no we met at austin's uh old world famous next to a tire and hitch shop correct uh, in a strip mall. Also which, a Weight Watchers. Weight, uh, <laughs> Weight Watchers, yeah. yeah. And then this weird restaurant and then a thing at Correct. the end that no one talked about. I don't, I don't know, it was like a hundred things. Pillows at one point. And yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a weird place. That was just a weird collection of buildings. I, I mean, I spend a lot of my time now just baffled that at some point that was a real goal of mine to just yeah. be in strip malls. Oh, this one's mm -hmm. next to a mattress store. Fantastic. That's yeah. such a great the direction. The parking is so good at those places. <laughs> yeah. Like you have no parking issues ever. Yeah, never. Yeah. yeah, someone's like parked up on the mulch that is mm -hmm. housed in like a semi, like a circular 
thing that just holds the, mm-hmm. the platforms for a giant sign that tells mm-hmm. you that the things are all there and someone drives their monster truck up onto the mulch and like this will have to work i'm late for the show and they sprint in <laughs> and yeah. like what if you were going to start a business but you were like the only experience you've ever had with like a weight watchers is like well there has to be anchored by a comedy club and then also <laughs> just you're like no nah, this is this won't work because there's no tire store here right like well this is cupcakes and then right here this is really great this is like locally sourced and it's all the produce is brought in by farmers markets and then you're this here you are with your weight watchers thing so bizarre yeah you would not you wouldn't survive you're like ooh, i i can is there someone handing out paper tickets just going oh. around town begging people to come to the show calling them on the phone all day saying, will you please come here for free and drink booze? So that's something yeah. we have in common. Both of us worked in the office at one point mm-hmm. as we started our comedy career. You go, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I just liked so much that people, especially comedians that I liked had started that way, like immersed mm-hmm. themselves fully balls to the wall comedy all the time. Yeah. So you wake up, head to a comedy club, stay there all day, go change, come back, maybe do a set mm-hmm. and what a waste of time. <laughs> when you look back on it, like yeah. there was no need for us to get up at five to go get somebody for radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'd sleep in my truck while they went in there and did their bits with the morning crew. And they didn't come even back. go in with them. You just slept. Yeah, in I, was, the I was rarely invited. I, One was- time I was like, I do, are you coming in? You go like, no, I'm going to just catch, I'm going to sleep out here in your truck. I was like, what is happening? Why was it free tacos? Was- Friday, free tacos. Well, it was nice of you to invite me, but most, I mean, there were times I would go in, they wouldn't give me the tacos. They wouldn't let me sit in the studio. So I would just be sitting in an uncomfortable chair, not, not feeling comfortable to sleep. Cause then, you know, yeah. the people that work there would be like, what's this guy doing sleeping here? So yeah. I would just stay out in my pickup truck as the temperature got progressively hotter. Yeah. You start at oh, 6 a.m. Yeah. And by whenever you're done at eight, it was already like 90. Yeah. Boiling. Ugh. You come but out, you just have no shirt on. You'd have like no shirt on. You're just like, what's going on? You okay? People together. knocking, you knock out the window. Y'all sat in there? Oh, let me shirt up. You're all done already. You, my alarm didn't work. Who are some of your favorite comics to bring to radio? Oh yeah, that's good. Oh man, I loved Freddie Soto. Mm-hmm. Uh, RIP, just a gentleman. And you guys were fun. Uh, Maria Bamford was very fun. Mm-hmm. She is so funny. Uh, I think I took like Jimmy Pardo and then- <laughs> You know, this is so early and no one remembers anyone. I never would yeah. take it uh, as an offense. And then years later, I was at UCB on Franklin here in LA and I walked in and Jimmy Pardo goes, David, don't tell me um, Huntsburg, <laughs> Austin, Texas. I was like, what? It, was, it was just a crazy, uh, like, exposition, or uh, what would you call it? Exhibition in memory. I can't yeah. believe that a human being could do that, especially because I mean, you're up so early, you're barely yeah. keeping, you know. Yeah, he does crowd work though. That's a he he knows a face and a name. But also, yeah. like I think you make a pretty good impression on people, David. Super funny. You <laughs> yeah, know. thanks, guys. Clean car. To, great to hate a cool truck, I think, at the time. We have a truck. Yeah, my F-150, 88 F-150. Oh wow, what a beauty. Did you yeah. drive that to Austin from Colorado? State? I, uh, I drove it everywhere. Yeah, I, I had a horse trailer. Packed all my stuff in that and my pickup truck. Super drove normal. down to Texas. Yeah, very normal. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. Nice. Crazy. Why did you uh, have a horse trailer? Because he well, wanted to live in Texas horse. someday. Yeah, I was. I brought all my horseshoeing gear. I was going to shoe horses and do stand up. And 
I lived in San Diego before and all the people there own horses and they all keep them at stables because okay. land is not so you know affordable. Whereas in Texas, all the horses are like 50 miles apart and everyone owns their property. So it'd be yeah. like, hey, come out here to Bastrop, then turn around and go oh. to Pflugerville. And yeah. like, well, I can't, that's a long day. That's so yeah. much worse than in San Diego. I could go to one stables, work on a bunch of horses, leave. So I never used my stuff. I just, the trailer just sat there and like got rusted. And... Where did you learn to a horseshoe? Yellowstone, right? <laughs> I, I don't, like I. Yellowstone. Yeah. Do you I think was, there uh... should have been like the fourth brother that was like going to be yeah. comic also, but we still shooing Oh, horses? you're talking about that show? Man, yeah. I, it, I cannot believe that show gets uh, treated as though it's uh, authentic. I, I think it's so <laughs> yeah. crazy. Like there's one, one of the yeah. first, I think the first episode when I watched this guy just gets on his horse, he shows, he's, he's a crazy guy. Like, well, this guy's off his rocker. And they're like, they look out and like cartoonishly, there's a stallion, a wild stallion yeah. just rearing up, which never, yeah. Sunset no, that's it. always, yeah. that's how they present themselves. <laughs> just like in so dreams when I, and in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's just very, Oh, Oh, he's rearing. The sun's just <laughs> setting behind him. That's we're lucky to see this. This is more common than yeah. whales breaching this is this happens all the time yeah and i never saw in fact most mustangs are tiny and ratty and real inbred yeah. and their hair is disgusting yeah. and they they can smell you from like a mile away so mm -hmm. we would like come riding up on them hanging off of our saddles so they would look like is that just is that just a horse with like i don't see a person on it it's wearing a saddle that's kind of shifted to the side a little and then we'd like peek around under the neck and they'd be like i knew it and then they'd take off and so in the in that episode of Yellowstone, he just the rearing Mustang. He just yeah. runs right toward it, just swinging his <laughs> rope. Yeah. I was like, what? That's ridiculous. Uh, I've Yeah, the uh, cast of Yellowstone is nothing like a real ranch ranch look. Branding yeah, yeah. the people. Where did that come from? And they yeah. say, yeah, that that happens. You get criminals. Okay. You brand them. They're their life. Yeah, that'd be amazing what? if you reveal your brand. Right it's now, like more like, fraternity than that. Ah. Yeah. yeah, it seems This fraternal. means I killed a man and I'm gainfully employed. <laughs> but I have to live here forever. You can't leave. Yeah. Did oh, you ever man. put your hat on the bunk? That seemed like a thing you're not supposed to do in Yellowstone. It's bad no, you know what yeah. that is? It's not the bunk, it's any bed. And that's a real, oh. that is real. If, you, if your cowboy oh, hat okay. is on a bed, you got to throw it against the wall. It's, it's a weird superstition. Thing. We're watching. And I still have that. I wish you I really? did. I think it's so dumb. Do you really I, have I, that? I do, yeah. If I'm like packing and I set my hat on the bed, I'm like, damn it, I'll chuck it against the wall. And I just, I think it's like a little part of me that keeps that part of my life. I know it's dumb, but I kind of like, yeah. like, oh yeah, like in my blood, I'm still it's like kind of cool though. That's yeah. very cool. So where did you learn these trades? Like, yeah, I, it's crazy to me because I'm like, aren't you from Reno? I am. And what's weirder is growing up, I just kind of always assumed, like, you know, that my family was kind of like that, the Yellowstone tradition. I mean, I mm -hmm. knew when we'd go to some of these brandings, some of the ranches that showed up would have like their brand painted on their trailer or their trucks. Mm -hmm. And then we'd pack up and go back to where our horses stayed and, you know, in the backyard basically uh -huh. and they were like going back to a ranch but my dad <laughs> and my uncle just wanted to be cowboys I mean they they were not from a ranch background at all they just kind of moved out to the west you know like an nice. old old book and That's then amazing yeah and my uncle still going at it like has carved himself out a little bit of his own sort of Yellowstone setup where he's got a bunch of cows mm -hmm. and so I was on the weekends or whenever it was you know gathering or branding or cattle drive season I would 
get my horse and freeze to death and like ride along behind these cows and just yell at them and convince them to keep moving forward and stuff. And, and then, uh, yeah, then my dad would, would shoe our horses, but then he would always like hurt his back. So <laughs> yeah. when I was like 15, he was like walking off all cockeyed. Oh, oh, and I'd be like, Hey man, why don't you let me jump in there? And then, so, so I like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just would kind of look at him and be like, yeah, you got to trim there here. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. And so that's kind of how I learned is just this guy with a yeah. bad back leaning over being like, yeah, there, yeah, the nails go in there. Did you ever that. feel like that was what you were going to do? Or were you like, eh, yeah, probably not. Oh, really? For sure. Yeah. I was going to drop out of high school early. And I had a buddy that we were roping all summer and we were like, we'll just hit jackpots. We'll, and that's like, what is it like? It'd be like if they had a comedy competition a few nights a week, you could go to them and just throw your name in the hat. Mm-hmm. And so, and they're sometimes cheap, sometimes expensive. You might, right? You might put in like twenty bucks, and they'd call it like a three steer. And so, if you rope the first two steers, and your time is good, you get to rope the third. Okay. And then, so he and I were like, oh, we'll just clean up. We'll just drive around, and we'll live really in a It's very much like being a comic. You're like, oh, we'll just stay at friends' houses or on the side of the road. We'll camp, and we'll right. just. That was it. I was just gonna ride and rope, and then I didn't graduate school early I ended up staying for my senior year and then I started thinking like that was kind of a dumb idea um, I mean <laughs> god that's amazing that that could have been your path I know yeah and even when I started comedy I thought uh, the jackpot thing was so there I was like well you go town to town I'll just bring my horse mm-hmm. I'll go out and hit these ropings during the day and then I'll do comedy at night I'll travel just, with my horse. I'll travel with my like, horse. That's the horse trailer. So like, it'll work right out. now, yeah. just thinking about the comedy club. <laughs> Yo, you know, he brings a horse, so he's going to have to, <laughs> he'll be staying in the condo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it would. I back. mean, there is a parallel world where I ended up having the most fascinating comedy career where people are like, catch him tomorrow, folks, yeah. riding and roping. And then down tonight, show your tickets up from the rodeo. And you're like, in a so way. so tired, though, oh, working exhausted. at night after a real job (laughs) but see like i'm so soft now cowboys are the toughest it's it's crazy and i am a little jaded too in comedy where everyone's telling stories now and cowboy stories to me are a million times funnier yeah Uh, i'm this is way more interesting than uh us making phone calls (laughs) to people with birthday parties at the comedy club yeah like comedians are like okay so i was at the bank and this lady was kind of rude to me i'm gonna workshop it i'm like go fuck yourself i just i hate that that's like a joke now whereas comedian yeah. like comedy or sorry cowboys so the big thing is the nfr in vegas the national finals rodeo we would my mm. cousin and i would watch old vhs tapes of like 91 oh was a good year the bull riding that year is crazy or you know like what all of is our happening <laughs> this is did you great. ever ride a bull no my parents when they didn't want and i was i was pretty good i rode calves and steers and so i was getting up okay. to where they were like maybe 500 pounds the mm-hmm. next jump is up to you know like 1500 like yeah. two-year-old bulls or oh something and God. i was like yeah. i really wanted to and my my parents were like we'd appreciate if you didn't and so i didn't i uh, and i don't regret that at all. i think that was a smart ask on their part uh yeah it's nice and that you too, have all your like, bones it is. I got teeth, normal teeth. I feel like your dad's thinking like he's not going to be able to like put horseshoes on yeah. if he gets thrown from a bull. Mm-hmm. Well, and if there's some, there's a weird etiquette to it, like the rough stock group versus the the timed event group. There's a class structure there. The timed event is more like sophisticated. Rough stock is like any idiot at a prison can come like tie themselves to an animal. Uh-huh. That was like yeah. the judgment factor. I think they now all interact pretty. It's like stand up and improv. Yeah, yeah. 
and just the weird yep. world of yeah people being rodeo like, clown oh, birthday clown Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah oh this person makes stuff up i work next to a hitch factory okay <laughs> i'm next to weight watchers i'm out there in the sophisticated form of yeah, things exactly <laughs> i let the audience decide what i'm going to do how many horses have you fallen off <laughs> uh for a long time it was zero and i was really proud of that because a, a bunch yeah. of horses had bucked and i hadn't been bucked off mm -hmm. And then I started getting bucked off a lot and it was uh, not pleasant. So like probably yeah. three for sure that I like bit the dust on. But did you go, you like go up a division or something where the horses were more? Just, I started so weird, but like, I was so young. I was like 16 and I was, my summer job, I would just, my dad would kind of mention to his friends that I could start horses. So I, people would be like, <laughs> I got a few colts if you want to ride them. And oh I would like, <laughs> I'd throw, I started packing two saddles because I needed like a lightweight one that I could ride the tougher horses with. And then like my more like finishing saddle. Uh -huh. And there was this horse that uh, I really liked. And uh, they were, you know, young, they were like two-year-olds, I think. You're really not, maybe they're three-year-olds. You're not really getting on and doing much on two-year-olds, but they're, they weren't even fully grown yet. And I'm like taking them out through the back country and just like, <laughs> just like trail riding, just nothing too, you know, challenging. Mm. And my horse, my like ace horse, so I did all high school rodeo and stuff, had bucked me off when I was like 12. Mm. He went yeah. through a ditch and as he came up the other side, something made him uncomfortable and he just hit the top of the ditch mm -hmm. going for it and i flew off and when i i landed on my shoulder and i remember looking up and there was like something that could hold up the sign at a strip mall it was like this giant block of concrete with a sheared off piece of metal sticking oh. out like eight feet from me and i was wow. like Whew, oh. that could have gone a lot worse yeah and then we and then he just kept bucking he just bucked around and bucked around and then he walked back over to us me and my dad and my uncle and he's just like my horse was kind of like guys that that was on me and so <laughs> i like get up and dust myself off and then climb back aboard we just finished out the day and everyone's yeah. like he won't buck again he's good he's got it out of his system he's he's definitely not gonna keep doing it. and he kept doing it one wow. time <laughs> We were, we were at this thing called a, a not, it's like a jackpot, but not for roadie. I think that's what it was. Gymkhana. We were at a Gymkhana, which is like for kids. That's mm -hmm. pole bending and mm -hmm. barrel racing. And it's fun. Like people park yeah. their trucks yeah. with the tailgates toward this barbed wire fence. That's what housed mm. this arena. Mm -hmm. And then they safe. would just, oh, it's so safe. <laughs> and they would sit in the back of this truck on like lawn chairs, mm -hmm. just pickup trucks parked next to each other. Yeah, and, like and then that was like the bleachers. They would sit there right. and drink beer and whatever else and just watch kids run around on horses. Yeah. And there was this thing called the keyhole where they take flour and they make like a skeleton keyhole shape thing. So it's mm -hmm. narrow for maybe eight feet and then a big circle. Okay. You can run in on your horse, stop as fast as you can, spin around without a foot going outside that circle, run back out the narrow part. Uh huh. And I've never done this, but I'm like, that can't be that hard. So I'm on my horse. <laughs> it yes. seems like insane. Oh, it seems so fun though. I was like, in no, my head, for like, sure. we're going to slide in. We'll be sliding the whole length of the narrow part. We'll finish our stop in the center, spin around, zoom out. So I'm racing down there with that in mind. Like, here we go, buddy. Probably two more seconds. And then I'm going to just ease the brakes. And right as I start to think about the brakes, He's never seen this chalk on oh, yeah. dirt before. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then just jumps yeah. over it. 
oh. like maniacally way higher than needed and i'm like okay I, this is this is gonna affect my score i don't yeah, i gotta yeah, yeah. like get him back in i think they charge oh, you five God. seconds for this but before i can do anything he just is like doing it he's bucking so hard right along the barbed wire fence oh so again God. i'm like getting lifted out of the saddle but I'm looking down and seeing like the tops of T posts and stuff like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> and right as I'm about to bail out of there, he just Get stops. In. And again, is like, that was on me. That's my fault. My bad. And just calmly starts to walk out. All the people in the pickup trucks, yeah! Oh my God. They just, just elated. Oh. Uh, except for people that had a personal connection to you were probably horrified and yeah, yeah. Like, couldn't believe it. My mom is running over like, we gotta right. sell this horse, I hate him so much. <laughs> they, like, <laughs> they have a, a rifle, <laughs> they're coming towards the horse. Oh my put God. it down, it's crazy, it's never seen I would chalk. tackle that horse. If it, uh, yeah, if, and oh I was God. like defending it, eh, the chalk got it, spares my bad, and showed the chalk beforehand, he's, he's okay. Oh God. They'd leave it on there like just begging him, like, come on buddy, you gotta stop, they're gonna sell you. <laughs> I think he did it once more. He bucked me off in a rodeo. And I think yeah. that was the end of that. Yeah. The horse, you moved him to another pasture. I yeah. No, he stopped. He ended his bucking reign when I was like 13. And then I kept mm -hmm. him until I was 18. And then he hurt his foot. And so I sold him to this lady that had a, like a home for retired horses. Oh, so that's he could nice. just, yeah, he could just go hang out with all these other kind of. Mm -hmm. broken down types it was a uh -huh. bummer though yeah yeah it was a yeah. sad day loading them up what was the uh, horse's name there tony <laughs> damn it tony <laughs> tony's oh, just God. chalk i swear to you <laughs> i was in this breakaway thing and we had like branded calves in the morning and mm -hmm. loaded and loaded them in the trailer fast like didn't even take the saddle off which was atypical and race over to this junior rodeo. And my mom comes running over. This is again, the horse that has bucked a bunch of times. And she's like, I got him to move him. You're last up. Hey, let me pin your number on your back. There you go. And like getting this, get him out of the trailer and everything's kind of rushed. Get over there. And we get over there and it's not that big of a rush. There's a couple more kids to go. And this uh -huh. is an event where you, there's a shoot with a, a calf in it. You nod your head, the calf comes running out, you rope it and then you stop and there's, like a piece of string holding your rope to the horn of your saddle. Mm -hmm. And so that's just tight enough to hold a little bit of tension and it pops, mm -hmm. so it breaks away. And you have like a ribbon on the end. As soon as a judge sees that ribbon in the air, they put the flag down and then that's the stopwatch. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a way to get a faster time is you, you shorten up your rope and you leave a big tail of it hanging somewhere. So okay. like you, you would tie that string further up on the rope, not at the very mm -hmm. end of it, because that might cost you precious seconds. Uh -huh. So you, you, you choke up. <laughs> you kind of cheat it a little bit. You cheat it and you tie the string further As up. comfortable Maybe. as you feel with, right? Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. You, still, you still need enough rope to throw at a calf out in front of you. So you're, uh -huh. you're choosing like, how much do I have in my hand that I can comfortably swing and throw and let go of, and it's the quickest time possible. How much does that mean hanging out behind me this day, and I'd never done it before, like six feet. And I like wrapped it around behind me. So I have a lot of slack behind me. Oh. We're all rushed. We get there. He rares up like the oh. Mustang, like the Yellowstone Mustang. Yeah. He rares yeah. up. And all these adults are like, easy boy. All right, kid, get in there, get in that shoot. <laughs> and so I'm like, I mean, he rares up to where I was like, oh, we're going, we're going over. <laughs> and then he comes back down and I was like, whoo no one's alarmed i'm like get in there go rope that calf and so i get in the box and i nod and we start going out and my mom i have this on film somewhere my mom's filming it 
and the slack is bouncing up and down oh. and it's like whipping him on his butt. Oh. So he starts oh, letting it okay. go and full, he's bucking so hard, but I'm swinging a rope. So the rhythm of it doesn't feel that unusual until I'm like, hey, what's happening? Uh-huh. And then off I go. Oh. And then you just see me like throw a handful of dirt and you just, the camera goes down. <laughs> you just hear my mom go, oh no. <laughs> Uh, oh, it reminds God. me of this time I was, I was at the bank and I go to the teller <laughs> and she, <Yeah. laughs> so good. This might be the most interesting backstory of any I comedian. I feel like we've oh, never wow. talked about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I feel like a, a, a failed friend. <laughs> yeah. never We're gone terrible just, friends. No, no. I, just, I feel like our friendship began when you were a comic and that's all yep. we ever talked about, like going forward. Yeah. We know yeah, a little we bit about your background. We to be all immersed, all into it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, guys, that I didn't uh, share more right? before. Yeah, it was yeah. you. That's we've incredible. asked. I know we've asked. <laughs> David, have you been bucked off a horse? Yeah. Guys, What? why yeah. do they name nachos and comedy clubs so weird? What's up with that? that was, <laughs> I was always just doing bits. I was, I was, I was telling Eddie when we were going to have you on, uh, there was like you and Doug Millard were two guys that I met, I met around the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember both, of you when you the first time I saw you on stage I was like nervous like what if this ruins everything what if they just come out there and it's the worst act I've ever seen and you guys were so funny and I was like oh this is great that's good because Megan's always worried about like you know when you hang out with somebody beforehand you this person's so oh, they're fun great. and nice to hang out yeah. with and then you're like okay man here it is <laughs> yeah I and know. every once in a while you're like how am I going to deal with this like yeah like I know. great, great set. <laughs> the worst is when they're like cock of the walk, confident yeah. afterward. And right? You're like, Gay. yeah, <laughs> you're like, nailed it. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Hope you saw that. Were you in the room? Oh Unfortunately, yes. No, Dougie and I met at an Eddie show, and it was packed. Oh, really? And Scott Hardy uh, came over. He was managing at the time. It was like, you guys, I'll get you in. We we were two of the open micers that would take him up on like, if you're around, you can. We, get in the back of the room and it was yeah. one where that wasn't fully possible it was so crowded and yeah. it was like a friday earlier late show i think it was early because you had that was a good excuse for you after to be like well i gotta get back to it but <laughs> dougie and i we'd seen each other at some open mics we'd never really talked and then mm-hmm. we we're there kind of just shooting the breeze and kind of getting to know each other That's and cool. then you came out and scott was like you guys want to meet eddie and i was pretty nervous like were you just uh, headlining this place <laughs> next to the mattress store yeah. uh, oh my god no i, I didn't dress for, i'm not wearing what i i have to you know, just pee yourself and leave now was <laughs> yeah was scott gladys or was he scott at the time he yeah. was scott he had gladys okay. was probably five years away at this point yeah because he ultimate cool Scott move. I, I showed up, I'd, I'd started doing open mics in San Diego and I felt like I had 20 okay minutes. So I was like, maybe I mm-hmm. could, can I give you a tape and maybe I could uh-huh. open or something? He goes, yes, I will take this to Margie. And then there was just this locker. I don't know if you remember in the office years yeah. later when I worked there, I opened it and cartoonishly like all these tapes fell out <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and mine wasn't even one of those. It hadn't even gotten thrown onto the tape uh, pile. Yep. It had, mm-hmm. no one had seen it. He, Margie'd never heard of it. He had yeah. just like, see ya yeah. and just chucked it in a dumpster. Yeah. Sure. So thank I, you. <laughs> yeah. And I was dead last again, over and over. Like, I don't know if you guys had that in Austin, but I was... I was last all the time for like the first six months of just people blowing out the candles at the Velveeta room and uh-huh. me being like, can I still do my jokes? 
<laughs> like, I, there's still one person still here. Yeah, yeah. kind of awake. I think she's sober enough to maintain consciousness. Funny. So that's where you guys met. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were talking about that today. I kind of always associate you guys uh, together because mm-hmm. uh, that was like I met you guys when you were buddies. Yeah. Uh, and it was just funny thinking about that this morning. I was like, huh, I haven't seen Doug in a while either. Yeah, Meg was yeah. talking about, remember his Wolverine bit? We're like going <laughs> like early bits of people is very funny <laughs> i remember so the gist of it because he would what was his thing he was just like his hair is all jacked up yeah he's just like i look like wolverine it might have been one of those like laugh. i look like wolverine kind of people are like you do kind of look like wolverine <laughs> and then for yeah. a while he was doing like a show uh online where he was just sitting there trash oh uh, yeah yeah oh my god i was like crying i was laughing so hard <laughs> He's great. He would come through my neighborhood and be like, hey, man, I, I got an idea. Uh, I don't know if you'd be up for doing a quick interview. I'd be like, okay, where are you thinking? <laughs> there's some a love seat and like a broken chair. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, there's no way I'm sitting. I'm not getting scabies. What are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Nope. Can't I do mean, it. Yeah. And you grew he up on a ranch. All, yeah. And I had scabies once. I tried on a jacket at a thrift store <laughs> and got scabies. From a thrift store? It was oh. miserable. Is it is it a real bug? What is it? A rash? It is All disgusting. It? It's like a little civilization of <laughs> angry. It's like having humans. I think I did. I used to do some jokes, and I'm sure it came from this of having scabies. I'm looking it up online. It's like you'll have three noticeable dots, just like the ancient pyramids at Giza, in that <laughs> same structure. What? Yeah, and you're like, ah, I should never I work look- in the south with that. They'd be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> it was miserable. And then, oh. do you know how I got rid of them? I think I tried like a cream or something. didn't work. I would turn my shower up too hot for human skin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right on the scabies. Take that, you pricks. And I then just as cold burn as it can out? be. And just, really? and, but then you got to switch it to cold. Yeah. So Why? then you're just in this. Close so the, open the pores, the close the pores kind of a thing. Yeah, something like, and it finally worked, but that wow. was unbearable. And Isn't I that what led channel. you to get, uh, care about healthcare? I didn't you have healthcare. Yeah. Of course yeah. you didn't. That no, was yeah, your cure. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor prescribed it. Like, my uh, my physician I, said I should. Yeah, do that. I yeah. miss that level of. There is something about when you just you're like, well, I live with no safety net. There's something uh, yeah. like you get you the anxiety has to leave because you you'd go crazy if you right. had it all the yeah. time. Yeah, but you yeah, can't do that. I didn't get the anymore. anxiety about it until after I got healthcare. And I'm like, I can't believe I went so many years without thinking about like what could happen. Totally. I was shooing horses and I remember being like, all right, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm making enough where maybe I should get some healthcare. Eh, I'll think about it. And one time this horse ripped its leg away from me and I had just twisted off one of the nails. Ugh, so it was out, yeah. but it was just kind of stubby. And it went all the way down oh. the inside of my forearm. What's that underside called? Uh, the palm under forearm on my under for my inner forearm yeah and it it just had this gigantic just scratch it was just like exactly Mm -hmm. how it sounded like if like a 16th of an inch of a nail just went all the way down your arm but I went to donate blood and I forgot one of the things she was like oh can you roll up your sleeves (laughs) I I pulled it up and then I just like startled saw my own arm and I looked at her and just boom like I do heroin (laughs) She goes, what? And I'm like, I panicked. I don't, I'm just kidding. She's like, well, you got to go get a tetanus shot. And I was like, oh no, like how much is that going to be? She's like, yeah. do you have healthcare? No. 
if that's happening to you, you probably should. I was like, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. So I think that was like yeah. the impetus to go do it. <laughs> I uh, never so you finished mentioned... the horses I got bucked. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, I was, we, uh, when we started this, you mentioned you're retired. Uh, why, why do you think you're tired? Yeah, why do you, and why do you wish to have healthcare? No more safety net. I mean, there yeah. seems to be something going on here. Oh, it seems like yeah. a life change happened recently. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I um, reproduced. We had a, during the pandemic, we were like, hey, everybody, we uh, just tell, we just like sat our families down and told them that we were going to produce offspring. And mm-hmm. they were like, hey, great. And then like, you know, a month later, the world is shutting down. And, <laughs> oh my God, that's oh, right. <sighs> so going like, <clears throat> it was so weird in the early stages going, I couldn't go to some of the doctor's visits. And yeah. The ones that I did go to, it, you know, you remember like the grocery store and how creepy that felt, that sort of oh, apocalyptic yeah. shelves empty, yeah. just a yeah. cart just banging into something over, uh-huh. it's mm-hmm. just this weird like, Wah! that's mm-hmm. how the hospital felt or the doctor's office. It was yeah. just yeah. empty. They didn't, they weren't letting people sit in the waiting room. People were just being told to stay home. The yeah. doctors all had this nervous look of like, yeah, we, we don't know. So it just made the whole process um, oh, way, stress. way less, way more wow. anxiety inducing than the um, getting my under forearm ripped with no health care. <laughs> but also you miss out on a few of those kind of like going together and talking to the doctor. So you miss. Yeah, I, I think everyone had a different um, spectrum of, because if you started feeling bad about that, you'd be like, oh, but what about people that didn't get to go to their family member's funeral? Like, everyone right. just always uh, had yeah. like something that was worse. Uh-huh. So even yeah, those people, like, well, we didn't get to go to the funeral, but at least we didn't have to, everyone had something below yeah. or worse. So yep. we yeah. just tried to focus on it that way, I guess. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, how, how things are good. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember when I came over, when uh, Oliver was maybe three or four and he you guys maybe that same garage I think you've moved the, your garage oh, opened toward other people's garage oh, oh yeah, yeah that was at the old yeah it was not too far from here but yeah mm-hmm. and out of nowhere like you and the other dad Eddie were out saying hello to each other and there was another little boy and Oliver just walked over and handed this kid a jump rope and was like I think this is yours and the kid was like hey that is mine and the dad was like oh that's great and you didn't have to tell him to do it or anything. He just did it. Yep. And I was like, I think that's the highest level you can aspire to, <laughs> that you raise nice human beings that don't have to be told, come on, give him his ball back. Get his. <laughs> I think it. this is yours. We talked about this. We talked. Yeah, you might have oh missed like the, the five hours of like, you have to give that back when you see him next. <laughs> that's so funny you remember that. I feel like Oliver's always oh, been yeah. that way though. Yeah, he's, he was a good little dude. Remember when I came over to watch football once and I got excited at a play and he looked at him and goes, you scared me. <laughs> I, was like, I think I had just stood up. It wasn't like I, oh, yeah. I was like, I was so scarred by that. Like, oh God, take it easy. It's just sports. Now he, but he was like so a complete sweet. maniac when yeah, he now watches sports. All he... He's like, oh. <laughs> he's like a Woj bomb. He's I know where he got like, that. You should yeah, have no, got it from you. Like, Oliver, yeah. you scared me. Do it to him. Get him. <laughs> oh yeah, he's bigger than me now. I so like he's a yeah just he's a, a big man-ish. big dude yeah he's funny he's like getting into like uh different styles of clothes mostly mm-hmm. like uh skateboard south bay kind of a thing very funny mm-hmm. him and his buddy it, talk about fashion at school yeah so like i'll buy clothes for him and then he's like no and then he goes <laughs> back to his friends gets their idea and then i go buy those yeah like we're I returning a lot of no. things yeah how do you, you know what a pair how do you... of khakis <laughs> 
These are double pleated, and I've heard that could be very useful. Do you have a job interview soon? Where are these? Oh my god, get the braided belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he like bought these uh cargo pants that are like black or whatever, and I'm like, I oh, told Megan yeah. to go. It looks like January sixth insurrectionist yeah. kind of like like things he's wearing, but then he puts it all on. I'm like, oh, all right, it looks looks normal. Looks Got vans but, like, on. Like he kept going, like, hey, did you get that link? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll get it sometime <laughs> we kept soon. Like I just off. put it off yeah, for like yeah, a yeah. month. It's like, called a tactical have? vest. It, I think it'll look <laughs> yeah. good on me. This is fine. So, Dave, the jump from rustic lifestyle, mm-hmm. okay, to like substitute teaching. Well, I always did. And then to comedy. Is this the yeah. right, this is the line? Uh, the registrar in high school told me I should pursue engineering, and I kind of knew that I had a chance to go to college, and I'd gotten like a little bit of financial help and mm-hmm. just enough where like I could and I didn't have any life experience I I loved comedy my sister and I it's not like we were living out in the west I mean well technically yes we were in like rural Nevada yeah. so that that was a dumb thing to say yeah we were definitely in the <laughs> west but we weren't like in like oh the dogs are barking must be the male right. coming down a long dirt right. road right and then right. it's just cattle and stuff that's where I was I was born in a place like that like 50 miles away from anywhere uh-huh. But when I was like two, we moved from there and I grew up kind of going to a regular public school and having yeah. friends, not quite the suburbs. It wasn't really that developed yet. So we had a lot of open space, sagebrush, right. but I, I was always kind of dancing in between. Reno felt like a giant city. So I'd go in mm-hmm. there and, and then I'd play in like basketball leagues. And so I knew a lot of different kids and people of different uh, ethnicities and backgrounds. And I wasn't just around like a bunch of ranch you know uh-huh. like kind of hip kids and then in school you know I was in all these different subjects and I felt like I could kind of hang around everyone and comedy mm-hmm. seemed to be like the best unifying thing you could kind uh-huh. of go between every group you'd have like the nerd kid group the sports kid group the the burnout group the just you know popular group and if you were kind of funny I felt like I would avoid getting beaten up in any of those situations yeah. and I was, was tiny just, I was really small yeah. so I had to be I was very like David Spadish that was my guy quick yeah. like just kind of yeah get off me like just a little jab to keep people from beating uh-huh. me up <laughs> and then who did you I guess you when did you become like interested in comedy other than just like in the school like when did you just like oh maybe I'm going to try this yeah, I, I feel like our generation and uh, older has such a different entry into it. There weren't podcasts you could listen to about right. it. There wasn't, yeah. every now and then you might catch a, a biography or something where the person would say, <laughs> yeah. here's how I started. And I yeah, think of right. like the beginning of stand-up comedy to me exists. <laughs> there's a vaudeville show and there's always people that can do like backflips and somersaults and juggle and pratfall and dance mm-hmm. and stand on the end of a shovel and also juggle with the other hand. And they're getting the lights ready and someone comes on stage in a little jazz club and is like, okay, folks, we're just give us a second. We're going to get the lights set up here. Uh, <clears throat> God, I really thought in life I would go a little further than being the light guy before a show. And someone chuckles. And then that yeah, person yeah. just starts riffing with them. And then people in the crowd are like, bring the light guy back. And the person juggling <laughs> yeah. is like, what are you talking about? I can juggle. I can do a goddamn backflip. Yeah. And pretty soon yeah. it just shifts into like, no, no, people just want to hear this person talking. And yeah. Vaudeville dies, stand-up starts. And so most people's stories started with something like that. Oh, I was yeah. going to the clubs. Mm-hmm. And then Lenny Bruce was there. And then this started happening. Mm-hmm. And 
then there's this like this next wave of well we went to a show and that was really cool or I heard mm-hmm. an album I heard someone's album yeah. and that was really yeah. cool but even then there wasn't like you should go to open mic you had to dig around and find out yeah. where to do that yeah. so being in yeah and being from Reno my mom signed me up for a stand-up class that I never went to but it was a casino so we'd go to shows and I was like they just seemed like they were born there it never occurred to me that they were from (laughs) outside of there I'm like oh they were just birthed in the entertainment industry they've Mm -hmm. lived on that stage and they live behind the curtain yeah and then the woman who ran the stand-up thing was like you should carry on a little notebook and my sister had been the one that was always really into finding us comedy here's this like Adam Sandler CD or here's uh, the jerky boys she would like source the actual (laughs) discs Yeah. Or even the tapes, maybe at times. And then we always had like far side calendars around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like we loved maybe not stand up necessarily. If every now and again we have one of these old Curtis Mathis TVs, remember with like the metal buttons? Oh yeah. And we would just push all the buttons because every now and again randomly, even though we didn't pay for it, like HBO would show up. <laughs> Or, or yeah. uh, MTV. So we get the MTV half hour Ooh. comedy hour right. or Def Jam. So we would yeah. be just like, and then we're from the generation where you watch TV on the floor and the TV yeah. was on the floor. Uh-huh. You know, every TV's up on the wall now. Yeah. So you're yeah. sitting there eye level, just like, this is amazing. And that, that to me was like, that was all the stuff that made comedy just different. It was like this subterranean little world. Every part mm-hmm. of it was, you had to like seek it out. It was like- And you had to stay up late. Like you could yeah. watch someone set at like seven o'clock at night. It was on at like 10 or 11. Yeah, totally. So every part of it was so much cooler then because it felt like a knock and the eagle flies at dawn and okay, you can come in. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. people could like listen to a podcast throughout the day and be like, I've been to the bank. I should try it. And then they go on stage <laughs> and everyone can do it. And I would say yeah. it's just, it's so much more saturated than people would talk about the 90s boom. Yeah. But I didn't really see that. But this current one is the worst. It's just everyone can do it. Everyone yeah. can do it. It takes away any artistic Until they act. have to do it. Yeah, like, that's true. Anyone can, but it doesn't always go well. That's yeah, but true. I don't think those people get it, that it didn't go well. They're like, yeah, that was great. I did it. I did it. Well, I'm curious too of like Oliver's age group. There's a big part of like supporting each other and being like, great job. And I, I hear you. I see you. I, I, I know no one laughed, but I really admire what you did up there. There's a lot of like, yeah. you know, the old, old school, like you suck. That does, <laughs> yeah. does that exist to the same degree now? I don't know. I don't know. It does online. I, I do know like one of his friends was obsessed with comedy and this was like back in like fourth grade. And uh, it, I would talk to him and be like, hey, who do you like? And he'd always be like, I just love Jeff Dunham. I was like, <laughs> all right, get out of my house. <laughs> you, you can't come yeah. over again. Yeah. Like, yeah. As they've aged there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's funny though, like kids. some of his friends uh, are, are kind of starting to seek out comedy and mm-hmm. the ones that they it's interesting to see what they think is funny and what they like yeah uh, versus like what I grew up watching and I think they think that was funny too but yeah, yeah they have so much more to pick from and that just the attention span of it I, I I'm so curious if someone standing and talking for 45 minutes to an hour is gonna still exist I think we're in the end of vaudeville uh, we took the kids to see Todd Glass at the improv about a month ago nice. and they sat there and it's Todd's show it's gonna hey, be and it. all that they thought it was great oh awesome but yeah. he's he but he's someone that doesn't just let your attention wane. There's always At something all. going on. Yeah, no. so that's that's kind of nice. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. And I think we're gonna go see Chris Rock for Oliver's birthday. He wanted to see Whoa. Chris Rock. So yeah. 
Yeah, man. Man, that G.I. Jane joke, so, so good. So sharp and crisp and everything I love about Chris Rock, just really thoughtful and like really progressive. It's really worth taking it, uh, you know, a hit for that. (laughs) Such a bummer. That guy, I mean, Bigger and Blacker is is still so insanely good. The energy is is outdated. You're like, I can't believe someone like crowds would be like, okay, just storming around the stage yelling back and forth, back and forth. But man, the jokes are so well written. Like, we don't need gun control. We need bullet control. Yeah, so (laughs) so good. And then GI Jane, what? Yeah. Ugh, uh, I was I wondering, but did he even write that, or did I feel like that's the yeah. level the Oscars deserve as far as a joke goes? <laughs> that's that's what you get. This is a weird yeah. night, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I had some ideas for how I would redo the Oscars if I were doing them. Okay. And we have a. The, uh, I have an email. Oh, great. So let me add them because I think that you're you're doing this for like a group that's the most sophisticated right they're not mm-hmm. only just people in the arts they're there to win art at, an award for art at sort of like the most yeah, the highest level. level so th- it's not like just because they're a sound engineer they have no idea what comedy could or should be like and right. yet to make them put up with these sort of junior high level skits mm-hmm. hi why are you wearing a fish costume oh i thought we were joining <laughs> each other in the bowl no yeah. silly i said the who i hate it it's so campy and dumb and you're doing this to people in tuxedos who yeah. like went to art school went to caltech and things they're like oh neat this is what you think would get my attention it's it's obnoxious yeah so i think if you have someone come out and start writing a script and then behind them on a board you're seeing the writing of a script mm-hmm. happen no go back that's bad and uh-huh. you're just seeing them mm-hmm. talk about the process you can work in jokes there. He touched her. No, he grazed. No, whatever the joke <laughs> structure would be there to make that silly. Yeah. Then go, anyway, we're here to award the best original screenplay. Just a simple, quick in and out. Yeah. There's nothing obnox- like insulting about it. Writers yeah. can watch that and go, yeah, that is exactly how it is. People mm-hmm. that don't know writing can watch like, oh, that was funny. Like they chose a bunch of these silly words. Yeah. And you just move on. You're in and out. You're addressing what they do. Things like that. That's it's got to change. It has to change. I like in the that idea way. of like even if you carried that idea of writing the script throughout the entire thing, and so then that'd be the, the, yeah. You start directing those scenes that you've kind of seen earlier, and then you have this little fun little piece at the end. But I do feel I'm like still... you're also you have an audience there that are trying, you know, the the best of what they do. But those yeah. skits are for the people watching at home to keep them. Yeah. Kind but of those they game. work both ways potentially. So say your hosts you just had. Now that script that's been written, we, mm-hmm. we set up just enough to know what the movie's about. Later, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of them's in an outfit, and then the next scene, they're jarringly in a different outfit, mm-hmm. editing. And then, so now we know the plot yeah. of that movie a little bit more. We saw just enough of the coffee shop scene, but like the editing was terrible. Rewarding editing. Then the next yeah. one, the sound's bad. And by the end, you have this <laughs> movie that you think you've kind of seen that never really happened. It was just like a horrible version of it happened throughout the show. So then it keeps people watching to see like, how's this going to resolve? You could create yeah. like an arc throughout the night. I'm just relieved that you didn't say like Billy Crystal sing <laughs> the whole thing. Cause I used to watch it and the joy it brought the people around me. I was like, you guys like this? And you're like, oh, he's so funny. You just sang a song again. Yeah. <laughs> <It's all. laughs> 
I think that for me, that is the death of celebrity. Back then, yeah. like celebrity mattered so people were like, oh, yeah. Bob Hope's on. I'll watch anything he does. Yeah. yeah. People referred to themselves as like, I'm a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in that crowd. That's my job now. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> now, if somebody said that, they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 People expect certain things of me. We don't expect anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? Literally, no one has any expectations. No, we, we don't. We don't. Who are you again? I'm sorry. Kids have to grow up now wanting to have that Bob Hope level of pedestalness for someone. Yeah. And then they follow him on Twitter and that person's like, thanks a lot, American Airlines, for losing my bags. (laughs) They're just like, no, we're Bob Hope, no. Hashtag not blessed. (laughs) Oh my God. It's funny we use Bob Hope as an example because if you said that name in a school now, the kids would be like, what? Yeah, it would be like Taylor like Swift or Beyonce probably mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like who would, yeah, who is there? Who's doing those shows for the troops? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's getting more and more distilled, I think, to where, and every day someone jumps from, am I getting any calls to be like a leading man? They're like, no, but you can do 20 <laughs> episodes of this Amazon project. Like, Mm. All right, let me tell like a narrative story. And that's kind of fun to see people. It mm-hmm. just is more normalized. Like, just tell the story. No one, you, if you got into this to be uh, like an A-lister, that right. group is getting smaller and smaller and frankly, more embarrassing to be a part of. Yeah. Tell the story, do the th- be the artist that you were, you thought yeah. you wanted to be. Yeah. That is what I, kind of separates like people who wanted to be famous and people who wanted to do what they do is they have all these passion projects. Mm-hmm. Versus like, I don't know that Vin Diesel is like really going out of his way to be like, I want to start a poetry night. Like, yeah, I think we talked the other day, Megan, about like just the people that the two kinds of people move here. Yeah. Ones that want to be famous and then ones that actually want to, this is where the craft is kind of like all the best people work on movies and stuff and they want to be part of that, make good projects. And You know, I go to stand-up shows. I think of one in particular with, you know, some, a couple of the comedians had pretty decent credits and could probably sell 500 to a thousand tickets somewhere on the road. And yet at the same time in LA, no one cares about that. You know, if you've, yeah. if you've got to work on your five or 10 minutes, you got to do it mm-hmm. somewhere and we show up, there's no crowd. Mm-hmm. So some of the comedians are like, ah, I'm not doing it. Others are like, I drove all the way here. But the thing I kept thinking was like, if you can't perform to this group, granted like comedians in theory are so jaded, but no one loves more comedy more than this group that's here. That's true. Right. Don't open mics forever. They've come to this place. At some point in your heart, you love comedy. Yeah. So you should be able to do it there. Mm-hmm. And that's like that. I think that's that weird place that people are being put in now. Did you right. want to be an A-list movie star or did you really like this thing you thought you liked? Yeah. Well, what if you go there and they don't know it's going to be comedy? So now this crowd is like, uh, I came here for the coffee. Yeah, that's a different... <laughs> Where you see, I've like, been on those. <laughs> but shouldn't like Chris Rock still have to do one of those on occasion? Because then, yes. if he tried that GI yeah. Jane joke, there would be like a what? Yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah. I'm gonna what? like <laughs> guarantee you that joke was never tried out anywhere except when right. we saw it all live. Yeah, or people like with the headsets tech specking it beforehand, the day yeah. before in the run through, going, "It's great, love it." Oh my God. Oh my, I cannot wait. I love that. Right about that. Yeah. Are you you still doing uh, stand-up? I haven't. I did some in November and Mm -hmm. I've just been, as you guys know, writing all these sketches and that's been such a more 
I get to the fav- my favorite part of comedy in the last few years is just seeing old buddies and yeah. being in the back of the room beforehand. You're like, ooh, they're turning off the karaoke machine. I got to go up pretty quick. Great seeing you though. <laughs> and then the rest of your night from there is terrible. Yeah. But seeing yeah, yeah. your friend uh, beforehand is the best. Yeah. yeah. So I've, the sketches have given me a way to kind of have both parts without the, the bummer of uh, <clears throat> folks. Ah, uh, dang it. That one light bulb above us is out. But that's okay. You can still hear me, right? you're not listening okay anyway what's up with going into the bank and there's like this girl there that... oh the bank is taking a beat down today <laughs> yeah so that's not, who goes into should. banks yeah it yeah. sounds like you're a crypto guy now basically oh, yeah. big time big time man yeah <laughs> big, you got what you who what are you what are you, what are you big on right now <laughs> hey i went to your website and i saw that you uh sell a book yeah how cool is that yeah, I think we should also preface with it. Dave, like books, cartoons, animation, voiceovers. Like, yeah. So when he's like pitching ideas how to improve the Oscars, it's because you've done so many, so many things and so creative that Thanks, uh, man. I can see where if you're uh, like you watching the Oscars might be, it might be more funny to to like, re- like show you watching the Oscars. <laughs> and just like, so when you were thinking about self-publishing, do you know anybody in the publishing world that may have been able to walk you through? Yeah. Kind of. Everyone has mm. a different take on it. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, the places I would package up some comics, are you guys in, is there an inside joke there? Do you guys, are you in publishing? No, I mean, no. we're not. No, we're not in public. Oh, I thought you were like laughing. That we're like, not. You know, we have it. We started a publishing house. Yeah, so like, uh, oh, guys. I was thinking of somebody else in your life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody that's like an author. Maybe an uh, author. Well, <laughs> she works. Yeah, she works with. Uh, she wouldn't have any insights. If they're all so different, like yeah. people come to her about kids stuff all the time. She's like, I did nonfiction kids stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite the same as being able to say like, well, here's what you do. And so yeah. with mine, I was always pitching to like drawn and quarterly and some of these sort of uh and that's that sex kind of... website what is yeah it? yeah drawn and quarterly yeah. yeah i don't know if you saw my book it's all cool sex drawings <laughs> uh i did see your book and i think i now didn't see your book the one i saw was very funny and uh pitched as a coffee table read which i yeah love. oh thanks yeah and i like it's... that you had a quote from uh just uh somebody that was n- nobody uh, yeah, it was very complimentative of you. Yeah, she, well, she's someone, she worked in animation for a long time. She was like a development yeah. executive type person and she loves comics. Yeah. And that, she, and that she, her opinion of my books meant the most to me, one, because it was so flattering. It was uh-huh. ridiculously two, flattering. It was oh, yeah. kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then I thought, well, I got to put that on there. Because I always love when someone's like self-publishing and they clearly have reached out to uh-huh. their most famous quote unquote friends, but it's always like, Gil Steffens, guy number two in an episode of Law and Order SVU. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy liked it. Great. It's yeah. just there's such a like a weird tier yeah. system to fame. I think it's so dumb that her her thing meant as much or more to me than if say yeah, uh, Geraldo Rivera had liked it. You know, I would take Geraldo. I would take that. Geraldo. Like, see that guy's mustache. <laughs> He knows talent. True hero. Yeah. And he knows comics. (laughs) I mean, his eye is really good. So you doing this book, was it uh, hard to do? Like, I mean, how did you figure this? I mean, I feel like it's also a thing where you figure a lot of things out on your own. Yeah. 
all through failure. I, Cause you know, I, I loved web comics. And at the time when like maybe Perry Bible Fellowship and Dinosaur Comics and Penny Arcade and a handful of other ones were kind of a go-to, everything wasn't consolidated into like these three or four main peers of TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, maybe Facebook, if it's still around, it was, there was still a mom and pop feel to the internet where, mm -hmm. oh, and I also go yeah. to eddiegosling.com or meganmooney.com, <laughs> that changed. And so like, I was putting my comics up every week. I was very diligent about like writing some dumb little blurb every week. And then, right. then all the, it took off to, it was the, the social media ones where having your own thing was just like having a blockbuster video. It was so barren, no one coming by. <laughs> So I didn't know really know what to do. So I just let the comics sit for a while. Yeah. But then also like CDs started to go away. You used to be able to mm -hmm. sell those after a show. And people were like, what, what is this? 97? I don't yeah. need GIJ and on DVD. I'm good. But I ordered 3000 of them. I have <laughs> to move some product. You sure don't, you don't know someone in your life. What about $3? Would you take it for that? <laughs> and so I thought the book is a little more timeless and it's a nice yeah. I know people don't really want to have physical things these days, but I liked it after the show. But hilarious, like after a stand-up show. What oh, I'm, I'm going to order one. Sign? It's a uh, very cool looking book. Oh, I'm it's, happy uh, to give it to you. Clean look. No, uh, mm -hmm. you've already given. I already saw your inventory. Cork. You got 36 left. <laughs> all right. I love that you. Uh, your inventory is on there. Like, hey, we're going to clean. Well, why does it do? I did, God, I got to take better care of my website. I didn't know that it had them. And it charges a thousand dollars. Oh, cool. Well, that part I love. That, <laughs> <laughs> it's about time a glitch worked in my way. That's a oh, nice one. Right? Oh, uh, <laughs> I was thinking back about um, when you and Eddie used to work together on the road. And Eddie would come home from these uh, jobs that you guys were doing. You know, you colleagues. Were, a, lot of, business a lot of free time during the day. And he had these like silly videos that you guys made. Yeah. But the one thing that drove me nuts is when you guys did the House of Cosby, you were both into that so much. It's so that Eddie funny. for maybe two weeks just kept yeah. talking like Bill Cosby in our I was like, you've got to stop doing that. And he's like, yeah. Rudy. And he kept yelling at Rudy every time I walked in the room. And I was like, I blame David. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. I feel like when, you know, one of us was, I was driving a lot then. So I feel like if I was maybe yeah. picking Eddie up from the airport, I would see a number and answer and it would just go, Rudy. I'm like, oh God, you landed. Yeah. I'll be there in five <laughs> oh, minutes. Theo. Theo. Theo was the other one. It was Rudy and Theo. Oh, I'm, I'm need to get picked up at the airport, Cosby. You see? <laughs> For people that don't know, House of Cosby was a really funny animation. I think they did five or six, or he did, and each and Cosby, yeah. they got a cloning them. Desist. They yeah. get dumber mm -hmm. and dumber. And, that was uh, so funny. So we're in the condo. I think I remember, like, I go, I'm my chilly ankles, Cosby, you see. Going to put some socks on, you see. Just, <laughs> oh, how did we live with ourselves? I know. Uh, but it's so fun to just think of all these different, I'm going to put like, on a uh, scarf, Cosby. <laughs> I mean, it was so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a glass of water, Cosby. It's like, oh. And then we spent a good portion of our time uh, making all the appliances in the condo. Yeah. In mm -hmm. Omaha, come to life and chase us. And, and murder I think you. murdered us. Murdered you, maybe. Yeah, we had a part two that we wanted to conclude it. I think we were in great peril. They were coming for us. Uh -huh. and maybe there was some blood trickling out of a nose or something. And then we there were going to like flip it we found a ketchup packet and we made blood and then looked like we were sewing our arms up or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great stuff. Staying creative in the snow, nowhere to go. 
Yeah, we and couldn't. And then you were also right. you would send emails, and I'm like, "What is that? I got to call tomorrow. We're pitching this show." And so that was like the early stages of Tosh Point getting off the ground too, which was really fun. You're in oh, this. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, playing in a <laughs> in a strip mall or a mall, an actual mall, staying in a comedy mm-hmm. condo, and then there's just these little those little moments of like, oh, and then this happened, then this thing. So yeah. I, I, it that's my that's my favorite of comedy is like so many people were in those condos in those horrible strip mall places and then mm-hmm. something happened and went and then they look back and it like oh that's yeah. kind of where it all starts you, you now yeah. can maybe start in different places but everyone mm-hmm. that had to come through those sorts of pipelines but back you don't even see the end of it like I remember when I was featuring I'm like god I gotta start headlining like that's all I wanted to do and I you know featured for like five years or whatever and then you start headlining and you're like this is not the job I want <laughs> this is not that great I feel like an idiot yeah like if you don't go past that you're just like this is miserable oh I used to think that oh once you start doing comedy you have this thing that you can avoid that everyone else falls into like how's it been going good sales a little bit of traveling uh uh-huh. getting ready to do this and mm-hmm. you think now with comedy every week's different but then if you do the same week after, how's it going good traveling every week different city yeah doing stand- you know it just starts it's to become this, routine yeah. and that was staggering to me that that could happen mm-hmm. where it's like but then it's also the reality it's a job I mean, Megan, we're talking about like, even when you're, when you start out, you don't care. You're so young and you just love being out there. And even if you don't like the people you're working with, you're like, but I'm still doing it. Yeah. But then Mm -hmm. it means so much more to you when you're later on and you're, you're you're out there, you're doing it, but then you're working with somebody you truly enjoy. And you're like, oh, this week is going to be so much. It just, it's not going to feel like this task that I have to kind of complete. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I can be hard on my, maybe myself for putting so, like investing so much time and energy into something that in hindsight, you're like, what, what, what was the meaning there? Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is that everyone, people on yachts, crypto billionaires wants to make someone else laugh. I mean, we see it all the yeah. time. You're at a, a gathering, a wedding or something. Like people oh, ruin their speeches over this. Like people yeah. ruin relationships over trying to get a good zinger. Yep. <laughs> yes. And then you're there going like, I can, oh, I made them laugh. I made a crowd of people laugh. One of the hardest yeah. things to do. And more than that, I got to hang out with my friends who I think are so funny yeah. and make them laugh. And they made me laugh. And that, is, I wouldn't trade that at all because that is the best. Like our week, my first week hosting, Eddie was headlining, you were middling and you were doing the end bit where you would go, Randy Watson. And you would like, you would do the-, the Sexual chocolate. Sexual yep. chocolate thing. And you do the, the move that I love so much. And I was like- I go, you got your final show, you got to drop the mic. And we would laugh about it every show because you kept not dropping it. And then the final one, you dropped it, but you let it hang over your thumbs and then you gently let it hit the stage, yeah, which like, is Ugh. so polite. Yeah. Just like respect for the equipment. It. Yeah, which <laughs> made us laugh so hard. That was that was oh, such so a fun funny. week. I don't I didn't even remember doing that. Uh there was a, a time when I was on the road that I would do the Randy Watson if I didn't like the opener and I'd put the mic on the ground in a weird place. So they'd have to bend over and get it in front of the crowd. <laughs> so awful. But I like love you. So I'm like, hey, can we get a stool? So we'll just put it on the stool so it didn't have to bend over into the crowd. Throw it into the rafters at Cap City. So they have to like, <laughs> climb up there and Batman it down. Have you seen the show Hacks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love when that scene when she pays that guy to basically never do comedy again. Uh, Cause oh, that yes. part of it, like the host, the openers, the locals mm-hmm. sort of blow hard that, 
Hey, they're yeah. pretty nice up there. Have fun. Like, oh, I just hated your set so much. <laughs> like you as a person. Yeah. He's so nice. Just like, here's a check. Never do yeah. this again. You're ruining it for everybody. Oh, yep. Martha's going to be on that show now. What? Apparently, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. That's I awesome. That's made me so uh, good. Kind of happy. You can't Every- stop getting yeah. work since yeah, she she's said like, she wanted to I'm going to leave LA. I'm probably going to go it. live in Minnesota. And this <laughs> yeah. like, and then she gets these gigs that are like amazing. Yeah. She's like, oh, can we live here a little longer? I'm like, how did the audition go? And she starts laughing. She's like, I didn't really have to do one. I'm like, yeah, no kidding, Martha. That's how yeah. good you are. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's amazing. Great. And it makes me genuinely happy. I think she thinks that I'm doing like a put on or something, but I just think she was never smarmy or scuzzy. Oh, she didn't like burn. She's just genuinely good and funny and nice. Yes. And to see that work out. It's truly one of the best things about this business is seeing somebody like Martha just come into her own. And you're yeah. like, because she, you knew the minute you saw her talk right. on stage, yeah. how talented she was. And yeah. you're just like, if it doesn't work for her, all of us are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> She's that talented. She does all those challenges now. On oh, she does? No. Because I, I, <laughs> I would watch that. Oh, I, I would it's too. It's the first time I've been like, oh, maybe I should get on TikTok. That sounds great. <laughs> but that's yeah. the only reason why you and me would, I would go get to on, TikTok yeah. and Megan, just because yeah. it's like, wait, Martha's doing what? Gotta... Her voice is so specific. And like when mm-hmm. I was writing some of these sketches, writing to hers, and then she came over and just basically did them in like one take. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I heard it in my head. And then a lot of the Megan character, a lot of it, I think, comes from Kennel, that bitch. I just (laughs) thought that was such a funny. Yeah. And then think now, like, how good of parents you guys are, where you used to be, and maybe still do on stage, be so, like, you know, just dismissive. Yeah, people are like, oh, I didn't know how to feel when I was like, I do have kids. They're like, like yeah they're, it's funny them. with you megan they're like i've but seen I, your act you hate they're... kids like i do not hate kids <laughs> people are like you're the lady that hates kids i'm like oh, oh, whatever you know yeah, yeah. that's why mm-hmm. every niece and nephew love you yeah right like you're a I godparent to, to so many kid, kids David. yeah oh he, he he's when people say you know like, oh, i'm a baby whisperer but like, yeah, we'll see certain people are and so i know he'll already be like what are you up to just be drawn oh. to you Partly because when people try to be too nice and they're not uh, authentic, I think you have mm-hmm. to have an element of like jokingly, yeah. like, I hate you. Kids yeah. really uh-huh. like that. You know? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, oh, are you saying we should be negging children so they can like, whoa, he doesn't like yeah. me. I'm going to try it yeah. on. Well, you yeah, just have to be able them. to do jokes about it so that audiences would say, you hate kids. And you're like, yeah. that's the key. <laughs> that's how you get them to love you. you right? To think that. You push them away. <laughs> yeah. That's how I do every relationship. <laughs> just immediately make it uncomfortable and then some people go for it and some people don't what's your plan for all these sketches you keep writing yeah like it's really oh. funny the uh like we'll do a couple and then like seven more will show up and the i know we're a little bit behind on a me, few but these uh, are- we were traveling and i'd pull it up and read it on the phone and just start laughing I was like, oh God, they're so funny. Yeah, thanks. It's that it's just like what we were talking about, like being in the back of the room and like trying uh-huh. to make your friends laugh. There's there's definitely like a tier system because if someone goes, Yeah, I have time Wednesday, I'm like, okay, well, they they're willing to do it. That means they thought it was kind of funny. And then there's like, oh, it was good. And I'm like, okay, well, they didn't they didn't rave about it. But then there and when people are like, Yeah, I really think it's funny, I'm like, Yeah, okay, good. That feels like they're excited to do it. And yeah, um, I'm so behind on these, by the way, because we just had spring break, but I'm going to get to them. 
there's um, no rush it's been a, just a fun exercise to do and a way to like reconnect with buddies and writing on that though is so yeah it's so and oh, thanks. so many it's hard for me to not see that as a, as a show like oh just, cool uh, it's crazy to me it like uh i find it, it also so angers me <laughs> yeah yeah and like like in, in maybe tomorrow three more full scripts will just like you know <laughs> sketches will come in like well, who what what's and he goes on? who ordered binder clips i'm like i did yeah, they can get binder clips. We can snap them so we could this this beefy yeah. uh, work that Hunsberger uh, keeps sending us. Yeah, well, that'd be such a goal of mine. It's fun to, you know, you need stand up. Like, you know, you have a tough day, and you're like, oh man, I, I, I have to remind myself how good it felt getting off stage last time. And then when mm-hmm. that's not there, I kind of have that same thing with like writing these dumb sketches. Yeah, of just a a push of energy. It's just like ah, I feel better. My day's better. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get into those veins where like I'll write a bunch of like those fantastical ones with Eddie or write the cult ones and just keep yeah. thinking about them. So then they go down this little thing and then I'll move somewhere else. And yeah. so I just kind of like building all these little tendrils. So I don't, I don't know where it's going to go, but I, at first I just wanted to do an album, but now I've written like way too many for, for that. I think it's going to be like a scripted podcast or something. When do you, uh, Ed, uh, what do you, I'm oh, sorry, Megan, go ahead. I was going to say Eddie doing the uh, Fantastico. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like such a process of like him, first doing it like an alien you're like what are you doing it was classic it was house of cosby where i was you and i'd be like hey eddie this one this one is an alien and he'd be like i am an alien and then have like sound effects and like i don't need the effects man i can add those myself got it and just again he's an alien you got it i am an alien i talk like this like no effects it's funny Again, I'm going to give you the same note. Yeah, I no, I finally asked you. That's one of my favorite exchanges throughout all of this. I, would you enjoy to play a magical robot? One word answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun for us to do that because we both got to read and see like the evolution of like Eddie's voice in it. And then he was like, all right, try it like this. And it was like a really fun project for us. Yeah, no, that's it. That's been my my favorite. It's like trying to think of weird ways to get this little guy some business. No one's buying. No one's taking. <laughs> what do you? What is your process when you write? Um, I find, and I don't know. Megan does the same thing, but like when I'm writing scripts, I'll do. I or even like material, I'll put on like movie scores Ooh. in the background, so I could. I don't know. Sometimes it also uh, kind of directs maybe what I'm writing at the time, but I like to have something in the background that's not lyrical, but it still is kind of like mood music, I guess. Do you do, do you listen to anything or do you complete silence? (laughs) Uh, Water feature? I I have a, I think it's like a muscle and I don't consider myself a writer. I don't have any like resume for it. So I just think of it as like going back to like not having health care and just being like, there's no anxiety. I have no pressure. I'm doing this strictly mm-hmm. for fun. And if my friends think it's funny and want to join in, great. And I, I genuinely mean it if I'm like, if you don't like this, that's fine. Because if someone was like, dude, I, do, I don't get this at all. I'm like, okay, no problem. So then I usually am doing it during nap time where I have limited time where I'm just like, yeah. and then I think it, I think it only happens in the thing. I think you you can think yeah. about stand up all the time. You only get better by being on stage doing mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. And when I'm in final draft writing, ideas come up, the the direction of it, the kind of twists, if there is one, anything that ties it together, yeah, all happens. So I I at first was like, oh yeah, to have like 
all the ideas and the beats mapped out. And then it was the exact opposite. Where now if I just have like two very thin ideas, I just open this software and start going. I just start doing and then And then new things will pop up. Oh, if, he's, if this person said this, it'd be funny if this person said this. And then yeah. pretty soon it just starts going. But I listen to a lot of uh, shoegaze lately. Very mellow, kind of mm-hmm. puts me in a calm uh-huh. state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think listening, I've been listening to, something to helps. piano, my friend's uh, husband. Nice. He's just playing piano, made an album and downloaded it. So I, yeah. and Megan, didn't he teach himself how to, to like, he's always played piano, right? He's always played piano, but during the pandemic, he kind of got into how to uh, record it. So he had like a microphone hanging and then one oh, wow. underneath the piano and he would just play for hours and then kind of find the stuff he liked. It was when she told me about it, I was like, oh my God. I looked for it. It's really pretty amazing. His name is Chris Bright. I love that. Yeah. I think when people do stuff like that, you can feel it too. Yes. I think like sometimes with pop music, that's why it doesn't grab me. It feels like a bunch of people sitting around trying to figure out what would trick people. As like the algorithm to just, as to yeah, what, yeah. what will people continue to listen to? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas someone just artistically doing something, you can kind of feel their fingers touching the keys. and Yeah. And like how in. much they love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's download it, Chris Bright. It's very, very good. And where the the bulk of the downloads, they were finding them from like all over the world. Like people have just kind of like awesome. Is that's amazing, right? Yeah, right. Just during the pandemic, trying to like the same thing we do is trying to find something to kind of create. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to have you guys back over for dinner because last time we really whiffed. (laughs) I told Megan, I go last time they came over. I'm like, come on, we're gonna go out for pizza. Like we yeah, just like you fun. guys had just come back from a soccer game. Like, way to go, kids! Let's yeah. go get some pizza. Yeah. We had a great time, and Emily Rose always brings up that like just your general vibe, and that she's like, I, I want us to be like that. It's just very like easy to hang around, and not everyone's like that, and especially with kids. It, so. I feel like you guys, uh, yeah, it I mean, felt like, like being with our family. Yeah, like we were just laughing the whole time, and yeah, we hadn't seen great. each other in forever, like personally. Yeah. You know? right. Like so not everybody's was... into other people's kids. Like some people meet your kids and they're like, all right, put them in the other room. I want to talk to you. <laughs> but you guys yeah. like, she brought books for them and they were asking, like, I think one of them was really into cars. They had all these muscle car questions and she was explaining yeah. the differences. I was like, oh, she's amazing. It was like the, <laughs> and it's also like, I think their first time to meet like anybody involved in like books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that the books were not only like a book, but you could also build a dinosaur, like it kind of opened the world to like what a book yeah. could be. They don't just have to be these things that teachers assign and they might not want to read it, but it's like, this yeah. could be like this whole fun world. She would always be kind of dismissive, you know, because there's limitations within, it's a lot of research and then just yeah. reforming what you read into mm-hmm. palatable words and structures for kids. But she got this fan letter from a kid from like Georgia or something once. And it was, it was like, it was so touching. It just, it was so that he took his time to be like, I love this book and here's why. And my favorite part is this. And oh, that's so great. Yeah. I think it, it didn't make her want to do that. Like she'd found her calling in life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think she would much rather be in fiction, but Uh it was really cool that. Yeah, like no, somebody saying, really appreciated what she has. She has like a, a lot of humility for what she's accomplished. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, oh, accomplished. yeah, you know, I just do this. And you're like, oh, really? That's all you <laughs> yeah. do? You just wrote 80 children's books. Yeah, it I know. is an incredible. No yeah. <laughs> David's, re- uh, he's got a book. He's got I wrote a book one on book and I won't shut up about it. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write one. Now I'm going to write one. Yeah, yeah we're going to put it on books. your website. Please do. Well, mine's a mix. It's little dumb, like, paragraphs and comics I drew 
So mm-hmm. I cheated. It's half illustrated, whereas, you know, well, I guess Russo has illustrations, but the amount yeah. of research and the beauty of mm-hmm. the punctuation, the grammar, it's mm-hmm. just, it's really- Eddie's working on a book right now where he takes uh, a picture of his shits. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, yeah. he's like, doesn't this one look like this? Like clouds? Yeah, so, well, it's ah. also, a, it's a choose your own adventure. Right. Where do you think it looks like this? Go to page 78. Here's another gift he has is he's like, interesting read, click, you know, I never really saw it this way. And then I click on it. It's just a, a horrific picture. <laughs> so, you know, when I found out you could change the URL, just embed it into whatever you wanted it to read. I was like, this yeah. is game changing. Look at me. I'm yeah. like Zuckerberg over here. <laughs> I'm gaming the system. I figured it out. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I write down something like Maybe should, great stir fry recipe and like, yeah. oh, I'll click that. Like, oh, it's not stir fry at all. <laughs> can't think of a more appealing thing for Eddie Gosling's brain chemistry than that discovery. Yeah. It's a real Just, roller coaster. It's pretty good. You're like, oh, he's really again this is great oh god oh geez you know but to your point you know like if your friends are laughing it's, it was worth doing that's the things you miss you know the, <laughs> yeah. the connections uh, oh my god i don't even have to be there for them to open it it's just fun to know that they're mm-hmm. going to yeah yeah then they'd have to bluff you and go i didn't have time what what's in the link yeah and then you have like, to play uh, Mm. Well, mm. you should check it out because I, stir fry. A, I forget exactly what the uh you know <laughs> There's a sauce. <laughs> oh, God. All right, man. We'll let you go. You got, is nap right, time guys. over? Yeah, I got to probably get back in the house. But I'm really glad you guys started a podcast. And then I get to see your dang faces. Yeah, this I is know. Great. This has been a treat for us. We've been talking about you a lot the past uh, week or so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, likewise, yeah. guys. It's been really fun to uh, do creative stuff. And now this. Yeah, right? And we'll get back together and again here soon, right? We'd love cool. to catch up with you and meet your little guy. Yeah, yeah, we haven't met your little guy yeah. yet. I know, met our little guy. He's racing around. He's picking stuff up. He's kicking soccer balls. <laughs> He's gonna be a Niners fan. The best. What's he gonna do there? Yeah, really hoping that uh, Trey Lance is is like a you know fifteen year guy because then he gets. Oh yeah, he grows up with nice, Trey Lance. Grow yeah. up with yeah stability at the quarterback good. position. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, give us your uh, locks of the week, and then we'll let you go. <laughs> I'd say Sunday, the Warriors closing out the Denver Nuggets in a sweep. Lock it in. Whatever the over-under is, take the over. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye, Great to see you. Bye. Good seeing you. And that was David Huntsberger. Learned a lot. I, for like, we've known him for like a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. 20 years? Yep. Probably, right? Yep. Never knew that he had, I knew he was from, you know, Nevada. Right. Reno area. I just never knew that he had such a uh, a horseback. When he kind of like launched into it, I'm like, is he making fun of us? Is he just like kind of goofing well, around and really like going to take us off on a tangent and then be like, I was kidding. I made all of that. You're up. not wrong to think that because yeah. <laughs> I did remember sending him Cinnamon, yeah. and then he sent back. He goes, Well, I guess uh, you know, parallel thinking. See you in court, and had a whole song <laughs> that was a Cinnamon one also. Yeah, and I still don't know to this day if he actually already had that. I should have asked him. You should have asked him. Or if he had just, because he's creative enough to like knock it out that fast, like find some music and Mm -hmm. then put together a really dark version of the song that I just sent him. Uh, I kind of liked hearing about his uh, life pre-comedy. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was uh, more of that, you know, like 
you know, what he said about like, I don't need to hear about your, your day at the bank, <laughs> like, you know, and how this yeah. lady, like, which yeah. is very funny because it's like, yeah, we all have that, but nobody, nobody shoot horses for a good portion of their life. Yeah, exactly. And just the whole idea that he's going to go from town to town and just cash in yeah. on those, like, Like, you I'll know, do that during the day. Yeah. And then at night you're like, well, you could also, like, very, most people are like, I'm going to get a job. And then maybe do that on the side. Yeah. You know? It was great. Kind of like my dream of becoming a professional bowler. Mm-hmm. Like just going city to city in my car. and Yeah. When did that dream uh, arise? Uh, you bought me a bowling ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's exactly. I don't think. Now you liked bowling No, I've that. always liked to bowl. Yeah. That's Well, that's no secret to people here. We were like pod. married for like a year or two. And Eddie goes, give me six months to, be, to just focus on bowling and become a professional bowler. If I. Yeah. Just all I need is six months. And it would have been perfect during the pandemic, but bowling alleys were closed. I was like, no, because it, let's say it happens. Right. right? Professional and you, bowler. Now I'm married to a professional bowler. But also, I'm telling you this. No, thanks. I wouldn't be just a professional bowler like on the tour. I would only do it if I was going to be the number one bowler in the country. Mm-hmm. Was that a little, would that be better to be married to that guy? Mm-mm. Uh, I'm going to hang out in bowling alleys. Celebrate it. I'm going to hang out with... Bowling wives celebrated in places like Biloxi, Mississippi, like <laughs> Parma, um, Ohio, Parma, Ohio, like Brunswick. Way, I'd probably be Mr. People, Brunswick. When I tell people I'm from Ohio, they're like, "You bowl?" I'm oh, like, "Do they?" Oh god! That's like one time I was in uh, I was in Iowa, <laughs> I do and I was this. doing some uh, I was doing a comedy club there, and I get onto the uh, elevator, elevator, and the guy looks me up and down. And he goes, "Bowler," <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> No, like, I'm like, I mean, I like to bowl, but I w- I'm not a bowler. Like, yeah. you shouldn't look at me and go bowler. I think that's when you decided, like, all right, I need to buy some more clothes. Maybe it was like, you know, but it turned out there was actually a big bowling tournament uh-huh. in town. So he uh-huh. might Thank have been God. a bowler also. And uh-huh. he was just kind of, but I still, to this day, don't like being called. Yeah. Uh, like, just assuming I'm a bowler. Yeah. Even though I would love to be That's like when you decide, like, all right, I'm throwing this shirt out. Yeah, this may be the shirt. Well, my shirt did say uh, pinheads. On the back of it. <laughs> Did it really? Uh, no. I was like, what are you wearing? No, it's my team. It's league night. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's the podcast. That's a lot of podcasts. Today. That's a lot. You got David and all his uh, fantastical stories. Loved uh, every minute of them. Yeah. And I love listening to you talk to people that you genuinely uh, enjoy <laughs> and appreciate. You're yeah, really good. it's fun to do this together. All right. Well, I love you. Mm-hmm. Love give you, you kisses. Too. Give you some kisses. Okay. God. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>